What's up, lovers and friends? I'm Amanda. And I'm Marty. And welcome to the Crazy in Love podcast, where we discuss all things mental health, relationships, and the Black community. So, our guest this week is one of my best, best, best friends. I mean, Marty is also one of my best friends, but like, (laughs) (laughs) BJ is like... One of the first, first, first people I met, and honestly, he ain't like me when we met, but, <laughs> but, you, but you can't help but to love me. So, I mean, he's super amazing. He's lived worldwide via his experience in the military. Um, he's currently commanding the air one flight at a time. Um, and please welcome, well, y'all can talk, call him Brian, but I call him BJ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everyone. Um, <laughs> First off, <laughs> let's correct that. When I first met Amanda, it was on the elevator. She's like, hi, I'm Amanda. I'm a social butterfly. I was trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't dead no more, so don't. <laughs> but yeah, like, she's my best friend. We had a great time. Um, Yo, so it's yeah. been crazy. Um, yeah, so. Not much. <laughs> But, you know, essentially what we're talking about today is Brian's experience. Brian is a Black man. Obviously, we talk about Black people on the podcast. Yes, yes. Um, And he's openly gay in America. And so we just want to talk a little bit about how his life experience and coming out and different things like that, how that's impacted your mental health, how that has impacted your relationship as you've grown more into your own. So can you share a little bit about your coming out story? Or stories. Yeah, it's stories. Um, So funny thing about it is is that, you know, life tends to take you down different avenues when you least expect it. So my first coming out story really wasn't the best moment in my life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I was younger. I think I was like 15, 14, somewhere in that age range. I was still in middle school. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And me and my mom were arguing. You know, growing up in the South, and I had just started going to church. My mom was getting into church, highly religious. So we know religion and gay (laughs) really don't go too well. Mm. Um, But I don't even remember what the argument was about. But I know somehow, like subconsciously, I knew that it would hurt her if it just blurted out. And Mm -hmm. it did just blurt out. Like, whatever we were saying, it ended with, man, that's why I'm gay. (laughs) We oh, both. Wow. Are- <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Told you, not the greatest moment. <laughs> so we both paused. I'm like, oh shit, what did I just say? My mom oh, looking no. at me. Bitch, what did you just say? It was literally the words that came out of her mouth. And I was like, you heard me. I said, I'm gay. She walks into her room, grabs the Bible, and throws it at me. Oh, no. <laughs> and, wow. And I, I felt bad because the rest of the night, I could just hear, because, like, our rooms were right next to each other, so I could hear her crying the whole night. And somehow, some way, the next day, my uncle comes over with the holy oil to pray oh. for me. And, yes, it was crazy. Um, but out of that, I got sent to therapy for mm-hmm. being gay. How that got there, I don't know, but in a way it did help me because it made me realize that in the South it's this double layer of, hey, you know, you present one thing, but you don't discuss other things. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that time, my mom had told me that she would never accept the fact that I was gay, um, that this is just a phase. How do I know that I'm gay? La, 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 because I'm so young. Mm -hmm. Fast track into therapy. (laughs) And mm-hmm. at this time, I wanted to be a psychologist, too. So this is where I got my little dibble down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my therapist, and I love her to death. I can't remember my therapist's name, but she was a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually sat me down while we were talking. And I was like, for the longest, I would not say anything to her because I was like, this is some bull. Like, how are you going to send me to therapy just because I'm gay? Like, I know what I like. You know what you like. Don't sit here and try and force your thoughts on me. Mm-hmm. But during that um, therapy session, she actually said something that was brought back up later when I was in my psychology class in Mississippi State, was that sexuality is fluid until you're 25. At 25, that's when it's solidified. Mm-hmm. And so basically, she was still trying to say in so many words and fancy terms that I'm still confused and I didn't know what I wanted in life. And I was like, well, sis, I've been doing this since I was 11. So I kind of think I know that females don't do it for me. So, you know. Mm-hmm. chill and then from yeah. that and then from that um the therapy session started going gearing towards other life um, goals like what i want to do this and that because at that point like my i think um the war in afghanistan had just started 
and it's like starting to kick off full phase. And it had kind of like started getting to me psychologically because my mom was called up and I was just like, well, shit. And then I had to go live with my auntie and uncle. Mm-hmm. And then he's a pastor. So all that kind of played into me Ooh. being who I am. Right. <laughs> uh, me being who yeah. I am today. So with that, it was just like the therapy helped because it helped me realize that hey, I could still be me, still go to church, and still love God, but I don't necessarily have to subscribe to everything that's in the Bible because ultimately the Bible's written by man. And in my mind, like, it's going to be biased to whatever that person was that wrote it. So how do I know? That, and you're telling me that God's a loving God. So how am I going to sit here and say that God hates gays, I'm going directly to hell, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Fast track. We get to Mississippi State where I meet my best friend, Amanda. And, you know, <laughs> life is glorious and great. And I decided that at that time, it was going to Mississippi State was more of a compromise between me and my mom uh, because I wanted to go into the Marine Corps, which I did for eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the compromise was I'll go to school for a year. If I still didn't like school, then she'll let me go to the Marine Corps because legally she couldn't stop me. Of course, as Amanda and everybody else that knew me from Mississippi State knows, I was a party animal. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> classes were... Somewhat optional. optional. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, Someone. Someone is, is being nice. <laughs> they were very optional. <laughs> but um, I ended up going to the Marine Corps the next year. And this is during the end of the Don't, uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell era. So, you know, I make it through boot camp and I will never forget it um, because one of my DIs actually came up to me and was like, hey, Jones, are you a fucking fairy? You know what? Don't answer that. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> it, it didn't click in my mind that mm-hmm. he was asking me if I was gay. And I was just like, wait, what the fuck is this happening? Like, you know what, right. whatever. Because at that time, I really wasn't even thinking about like, because everybody asked me, like, how do I make it through boot camp? Like, there's a whole bunch of dudes. Like, and you get to see each other naked because you got to take a shower with each other. And I was like, mm-hmm. honestly, that was the last thing on my mind. I was trying to get in, get out, and become a Marine. Like, all that went over my head. Mm-hmm. So um, I deployed to Afghanistan. Um, that was fun, actually. We burned down a, like a million dollars worth of assets on accident. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, allegedly. Right, allegedly. Sipsy. So, <laughs> so we get back. Um, and don't ask, don't get, tell gets repealed uh, thanks to President Barack Obama. Um, and, you know, I, I'm in the warehouse doing my typical job, and one of my staff NCOs, actually, no, it was a couple months later, I got transferred from the unit that I deployed with to another unit on the same base that was, just like, right next to each other. Mm-hmm. So my staff NCO, which is, like, my supervisor, comes over to me. Um, I think Don't Ask, Don't Tell got repealed on a Wednesday. Um and she came up to me and she's like, so Jones, is there anything you want to tell me? And I'm looking oh, at girl. I mean, I guess she was asking since it was don't ask, don't tell. She said, shut the hell, I'm gonna ask now. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting up there looking at her confused. I was like, um, I don't know, Staff Sergeant, it's Wednesday. What do you want me to tell you? She was like, is there anything you want to tell me? Oh, my wink, God. Wink. And I was just like, and she was like, Jones, are you gay? I was like, yeah, why does that matter, though? Right, exactly. <laughs> so, and like prior to Don't Ask, Don't Tell uh, getting repealed, I had like a couple other Marines that told me. And the thing about it was you had to be careful with who you told that to if you did want to disclose that because you could get a dishonorable discharge from it. Mm-hmm. Um. But one of my brothers, um, who I still talk to to this day, he had actually came up. And I, after I told the staff sergeant that, I went back to work. And I was like, girl, next. Like, if you right, can't tell. You- like, firstly, why are you asking me about my personal life at the workplace? Like, but you know, <laughs> there we, we go. Came, first. We, we became first. cool <laughs> after that. And I was just like, whatever. And it came. Sh- she's a beard. Like, she loves Ooh. her gaze. Right. She loves her gaze. Okay. So, <laughs> learned that lesson later. But um, prior to that, one of my buddies that I deployed with, he actually asked me, um, him and another um, good buddy of mine, they were like, yo, so, you know, we don't care. And I hate when people start with that because then it leads into that awkwardness of why don't you find me attractive conversation. 
and that's exactly what happened. He was like, so we don't care, but we just want to know, like, so that way we could, pr- it was more of a protection, but they also wanted to know if I found someone attractive too. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, so are you gay? And I was like, yeah, what does it matter? And they were like, cool, cool, nothing. We were just asking. And then later they're like, like, we keep talking, chit-chat, shooting the shit on the dock because, you know, we were waiting for um year to come in. And they were like, so do you find me attractive? And I was like, I had to stop and was like, look, bro, <laughs> just like how you got your taste in bitches, I got my taste in dudes. And you two don't cut the mold. I'm sorry. Bro. You two tall and lanky. Two, you shorter than me. And at that time, I really didn't care for short men. So mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, you shorter than Yeah, you shorter than me. Ain't nothing gonna happen. Like, bro, next. You ain't finna clown this street. <laughs> right. And look, they got pissed off. And I'm like, but why are you mad? Right. And I thought she was like, right. So I was like, and it, it never fails. It's like, so why are you getting mad that I don't find you attractive? Like, if anything, and then, you know, later it kind of comes into mind. It's like, everybody wants to feel validated in some type of way, but you're telling me that you're a heterosexual male. Why would you feel my, like, me telling you that I find you attractive a form of validation? And then I guess it kind of clicked. It's like, hey, they feel like, hey, I'm sexy to both sexes, so I'm the shit. And I'm just like, nah, bro. Well, <laughs> I, I got know, standards. You know what I mean? I be thinking it's like, um, well, yes, it's a self, like, make myself feel good thing, but I also uh-huh. feel like it's, um, they just want to feel like, oh, I don't know. I can get it. Like, yeah, I can exactly. Get it if, I if I wanted to, exactly. No, and it's like, um, mm, it, I um, would have to be to the utmost level of blacked out. And I vent that utmost level of blacked out around them. <laughs> still did not do anything with them. So I Good. know. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. And you know, that's also another thing that I can actually understand why a lot of um, straight males actually have issues with most gay dudes. It's because you actually, it's a culture, and especially within the porn industry. Um, where they have this thing of turning out straight men. And my mm-hmm. thing is is that you can't turn out someone unless they actually right, unless they actually have that predisposition to say, Hey, I want to try this. And if they yeah. like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. So be it. But I'm not one of them people. And I think that's where they were coming from. It's like, yo, unless you tell me that you want to try it, then so be it. Like, right. but you ain't gonna try it with me because you ain't gonna sit there and try and say that I raped your ass. That, that's exactly. what's not gonna yeah. happen. So, like, I would have to have a level of comfort if I do decide to go down that path, but I really never don't. So it's just like, and I think that's why a lot of my military straight friends actually are more comfortable around these because, like, I keep it real with them. Like, yo, you can keep your bullshit to yourself. Yeah. However, <laughs> just know, just because I'm gay, you can get these hands, and I will not <laughs> feel bad about it. And I and feel I like that's. <laughs> right right and i feel like that's that's also something i feel like straight men no offense marty because i don't think it's necessarily you this is a very generalized statement but i feel like they feel like everybody want them like gay men women like they feel like everybody wants them and it's like that they god's gift to the earth no man but um you know that kind of actually did kind of impact me in a way it's like it kind of opened my eyes because I never really, like, me growing up, and you know this, I was really carefree. I'm open. I'll tell you. Like, even if it's some stuff you don't want to hear, I'm going to tell you, and you best <laughs> be ready for it. Yeah. But, um, and even growing up, like, there were times where it's just like, well, why am I being punished? Because I so happened to, like, men. Like, I didn't choose this. Like, why are you going to sit here and say this? So, when they said that, it kind of made me, took me aback. And, like, I used to write poems a lot. And, like, if you go back and look at some of my poems, like, you can actually see um, where I was in my life, the level of hurt or what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, like, for me to have to be in the military and then them, like, kind of wonder whether or not I was like, hmm, it's this, like, a continuous thought for most people. And it's just, like, I realized as I matured and I came into my own manhood, to my own self, that mm-hmm. a lot of people actually do have that viewpoint and it's only because that information or yeah the information isn't out there for one and then two their contact with the gay community is so minimal they already whatever stereotype is portrayed in the media is mm-hmm. what they take and they think that all like all gay men are flaming queens or um that you know, just whatever you see in the media, that's what they would mm-hmm. think. But what they fail to realize is that like your buddy that you go to the gym with. And I told one of my friends that too. It was like, 
nine times out of ten, one out of four people that you're at the gym with are gay. And they're probably checking you out, too, while you're looking at them, do they reps and judge them. So mm-hmm. sit down. And yep. it's time I to mean, learn. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like a lot of times gay men more like, because they care more about their appearance. So they, they more like to be at the gym. Yes and no. Like, well, I think it yeah, depends. depends on where you're at in your life. And then also, it depends on the geographic region. Now, let's say that I was still in Fort Lauderdale. Baby. Them boys, they love the gym. I mm-hmm. don't. I like my food. I like my food. <laughs> <laughs> the boy to the heart. You're going to love me, cubby boy and all. But once again, it just depends on where you're at. And then, mm-hmm. too, I also think that goes part into another psychological aspect of most people, especially gay males. It's like a body dysmorphia. So they may look like ripped and physically fine, but in their minds, they're still like fat and disgusting. And and I met someone like that before. I was like, boo, like you have a nice body. Like you look good. Like if I had the determination and the effort, I would be like you, but after I got out of the military, I said, F all that. Let me relax. <laughs> I mean, you deserve. You was there yeah. for a while. Yeah, eight glorious years of the Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say there's something that you said that I feel like is super important. You, you were saying that um, a lot of straight men don't actually be around gay people like that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the work that I do now that I was around constantly, like consistently people who are gay, people who are trans, like I, I work with everyone. So I see the entire thing. And it does mm-hmm. change your perspective. It does change how much you learn about people, how much mm-hmm. you learn about the- Their struggles. Yeah, their struggles. You learn the true nature of people. Mm-hmm. You learn that everyone is the exact same. And yeah. I mean that for better and for worse. Everyone is- Yes. <laughs> yes. <And Yep. laughs> And it's important to get to get that out there, like to um, mm-hmm. get out your comfort zone. Because, like you said, us being from the south, like things are way different here than it is up probably anywhere, anywhere else. else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's more yeah, up here. It's, it's very it, like you, you know where I stay. It's liberal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. It's like oh, if you're being hateful, people looking at you crazy. You better not talk about um, old buddy, his husband, or old girl in Hawaii. You better not. And in the yeah. south, is they gonna throw you them stank stairs and then yeah. say hello and keep trucking and then start and like, stank bless, stairs bless her heart, bless <laughs> yeah. her heart. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so different, like here where I'm at. Well, I'm a, here, oh, the Atlanta. black people be like, I'm gonna pray for them. Uh, yeah, that's what black people say. White people say, <laughs> gonna, bless their heart. I'm gonna pray <laughs> for your soul. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for you. That's what black people are saying. So let me correct yeah. me. you. You go on to church on Sunday, baby. No, ma'am. What, what um, do you think your choir director is doing, baby? And they be the main ones with no. the first deacon. <laughs> it does, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's just more of a level of comfort. I think that if more people were more, and that's what I'm glad, like as the years pass by, my mom's mind has become more expanded. Um, like before, don't mention it, don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those taboo subjects that you just didn't discuss. How did that now, impact you before? I like, mean, before honest, got- I mean, honestly, I understood because one, that's my mom, and two, I understood what generation and era she came from. And mm-hmm. that's being gay was just unheard of it wasn't seen and if you did see it you didn't talk about it so Mm -hmm. like I I got it I knew it um so it wasn't anything that I was mad at her per se about for Mm -hmm. not wanting to discuss it was it hurtful yes um because at a certain extent I was like I'm still your child there's nothing that's changed it's just the fact that now you know that I like the same things you like (laughs) 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 so I mean was it stressful yes and no like you you learn to maneuver around it to find ways to actually mend the relationship because honestly um it did kind of break our relationship a little bit because it was just more like 
um, like, how do I feel like I could tell you, like, what's going on with my life and Mm -hmm. not offend you? Um, So you find ways to weasel around that. But as time went by, um, and life events did happen that kind of brought us together because of that, um, we actually started to become more open. And now is, do we discuss it like you might see a traditional Caucasian household discuss like, oh, my son's so gay. I love him. I can't wait to see his boyfriend. No, it's not one of those. Um, right. It's actually more so of um, she'll ask me how I'm doing. Um, and if it's something that's tumultuous, then yeah, I will discuss it and be like, okay. And then things go back to how they were. We keep on trucking. Like, it's a it's an understanding between us. Like, yeah. we know we discuss it, but we don't discuss it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm comfortable with it. I'm like, and I'm actually so proud of her because of how much she's grown. Mm-hmm. Like, certain things she actually asks me about. Um, and if it becomes discomforting um, or uncomfortable for her, you know, I'll change the subject. So that way that we could preserve her comfort. And when she's ready to get to it, then, you know, we'll discuss it. But right. yeah, um, it actually makes you tougher too, because um like a lot of things that people say kind of rolls off my back unless it's like just extremely left fence and then you i'm ready to fight you can get these hands that, that's mm-hmm. my thing you can get these hands i will fight for what i believe in right. um but a lot of things kind of tend to roll off my back now so a lot of people and the only thing that really i won't let roll off my back is if people drop the f-bomb right um, mm-hmm. and i'll give you one warning i'll be like yo I don't appreciate you dropping this term. Like, it's highly offensive. And if you use it again, me and you going to have words or we're going to have it out one way or another. Um, or if I see you just, like, blatantly being disrespectful um, to certain, like, to different groups of the LGBT uh, community. Um, mm-hmm. Prime example, um, just recently, we have to go through recertifications uh, for our qualifications to be flight attendants. And there we were sitting by the pool and we were having the discussion and the trans community came up and you know growing up you heard he she it and that and the, mm-hmm. the likes of such yeah. and growing, as you mature you realize hey that's kind of offensive it was raggedy yeah. it's very <laughs> it's, it's very raggedy offensive. yeah so right. um we were having a conversation about the trans community because I had an experience for Thanksgiving with one. Um, and it was eye-opening for me. And I realized that I can support the trans community, but it's not something that is really for me. Um, and one of the ladies that was sitting by the pool was an older female, older black female. And, you know, she came from the same generation as my mom. So I was breaking it down to her of the difference between a trans man and a trans woman. And she kept saying, so she's transitioning she wants to be a he and he wants to be a she i was like no they identify as he and she those are their pronouns therefore Mm -hmm. you have to respect that and then you got some with they and them that i don't understand but you know i'm still trying to learn about that one Mm -hmm. like how are we they and them is this like a multiple personality? What's going on? I think, it's, it's, I think it's they just don't want to. Yeah, exactly. They don't want to assign yeah. themselves to. Yeah. To so it's it's so, just well, like yeah. Again, that's that's something that I'm still yeah we're trying learning. To my, we're trying my, to wrap my mind right. around that one. But uh, when it came to the trans community, and you know, like she was really in the mind of learning, but the way that she was phrasing it was like, well baby, I'm going to need you to not say it this way because the way that you're saying it, if a trans person was to come up to you, uh, it'll be, they'll be offended, like highly offended. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want you to go out and, you know, offend someone. And I told her, it's like, sometimes you, you, they'll be in different stages of their transitions. I met trans men, I would have never thought were women before and vice versa. I met trans women and it's just like, damn, that's a bad bitch. Right. And then you real, and then you real, and then you like, she starts talking to you, be like, wait, wait, <laughs> like, okay, sis. But you also have some of those that you can't tell. Like I was, um, when I was stationed in Japan, one of the Navy sailors that I knew, she used to be a dude. And if you look at her now, you would never know. Like mm-hmm. she looks and sounds like a female. She is. Yeah. She is like she yeah. she went with what was in her spirit, and I mm-hmm. I'm wholeheartedly there for that. Because my thing is like I feel like religion has 
in a way polluted the way that we see sexuality and that's mm-hmm. why i kind of appreciate the native american cultures because they actually believe in being two-spirited and they actually believe in like hey your spirit may be more driven towards males or your spirit may be more driven to females so be it mm-hmm. they let it live in peace whereas religion where western european religion it's just like no that, that's a no-no Right. Well, and then also we have like our gender constructs that, you know, have made people feel like, oh, you have to go into one box or another box. And I still feel like that's part of the Western, like the the European construct. Like without that, let's just say had the world not been conquered by our... Less melanated friends. Mm, <laughs> I friends. Feel like, <laughs> I feel like things would be so much different as far as the way that we view societal roles and mm-hmm. the whole shebang. Because at one point in certain cultures, females dominated everything. Like mm-hmm. they were in the position of power, and males had to bow down to the females. And honestly, rightfully so in so many ways, because females' bodies endure more like half the stuff y'all have to go through i would never yeah and that's well you know honestly what my feminist big self is like oh call i don't like when people say females call us women yeah people don't call, people don't call men oh that's even <laughs> i can't do it but no no but not because you know god is he's there's that and then we we just regular most humans are raggedy so <laughs> we ain't even gonna call nobody no god or goddesses because that ain't even it <laughs> we all raggedy and that's what religion gets wrong that's why i'm like that's why i get mad when people want to use religion to go against gay people i'm like girl did you miss the let, miss let all these other with, all these other without sin cast, cast the first, the first stone, stone. Where? And you wearing mixed clothing, you eating pork, you eating you better go walk away. I mean, not even just that. There's so many more things. Like, People got jealousy sleep- in their heart. They got Girl, please, you in their heart. They got you all sleeping that. with your best friend's husband. Shut up. I don't want to hear you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's being gay or having a baby out of wedlock. That's like the, the worst two a, things. And I'm like, how is that the worst two things when I see y'all doing other crazy stuff? And that's stuff? all of America. You coming down the West Island in a wedding dress pregnant. Really, girl? Yeah. Yeah, so it, have, it's just have the audacity to wear white. What the next? You should be wearing peach. I'm struck. That's all yeah. it is. It is. It is. Man. What would um have you ever had any experience? Because I mean, I know you mentioned people could get them hands. So they we can. Know that. But have they you can. ever had any experience where people try? Blatantly? You? Yes, mm-hmm. I have. Um and it's all in Japan. I love Japan. Oh, <laughs> Japan! <laughs> I really want to go there. I really do want to go there, but let's not get on it's the team. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> um, but no, so um, a group of my friends and I, um, I have been transferred to work at the range control. Um, so basically, I'm pretty much ATC. I monitored them, make sure that the low-riding helicopters didn't interfere with rifle range procedures. Um, a group of my friends and I, uh, we had went to the E-Club, um, which is basically the enlisted officers club for us. So that way that, ooh, excuse me, we could let our hair down, mm-hmm. have a couple drinks to let loose because technically we couldn't go out of town and party. Because needless to say, Americans and Japanese party differently. But mm-hmm. the partying, that's all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at the E-Club and we were sitting down minding our business. Um, and, you know, like, once you start drinking, you know, you let go, your your libidos are gone, you just do whatever the hell you want to do. Um, and I'm one of those people where it's like, if I'm drinking and I'm at a group of, at a table with a group of friends, and, like, just some random person comes over, in my mind, I expect you to just, like, say, hi, I'm so-and-so, before, you know, you just go in. Well, oh, buddy boy... <laughs> He was from another unit. I think he was actually there on a MU, which is basically a Marine Expeditionary Unit coming from America to Japan and mm-hmm. going across the island hopping. He had came over to the table, didn't introduce himself. So me being me, I stopped talking. And everybody knows when I stop talking and I get this death glare, it's about to go down. Yeah. So they were like, don't do it. Don't do it, Jones. I was like, what? I'm not doing anything. This random person just came up to our table, didn't introduce themselves, no nothing. Who is he? Do you know him? Do you know him? I don't know him. 
And they were like, man. And then he started popping off at the mouth. And granted, I did kind of provoke it. But at the same time, I felt justified in doing so because poor etiquette. Mm-hmm. He popped off and he dropped faggot. And I was oh. like, I saw red. I was like, excuse me, what did you just call me? He was like, you heard me. I was like, you know what? I'm going to let it go just because I'm with a group of friends and I don't want to break the bags. And I like me and the security were like, everybody at that base knew who I was partially mm-hmm. because of my job with my, before I went to the range control and then because of range control. So everybody knew me and they know that it takes a lot to push me to that point. Mm-hmm. He kept going off using disrespectful slurs. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I stood up, grabbed the bar stool and I chunked it at him. Mm. He got kicked out. I got to stay. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that is a very rare chance. I'm fortunate to where I'm not one of those persons that has been a victim of hate crimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I pray to God that I never am because I don't know how I would handle that and just what type of psychological damage that would do to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's about the most blatant and overt way that I've been discriminated against. Other than that, it's mostly um, just because of my skin color that depends on where I'm going. But like a lot of people, I think it's because of how I carry myself too, is that they know that if you disrespect me, and I let them know, like if I, anybody that ever meets, it's like, these are my, don't disrespect me, I won't disrespect you. Um, And I think that they know that if they cross that line, then at that point, it becomes a whole different subject of you're going to get these hands or I'm like, if I don't get to that, you're going to get these hands. I'm going to cut you off and I just won't deal with you because I refuse to have that type of toxicity in my life. It took me a while to get to where I am today. Like even growing up, like, like I said, I, I struggle with that concept of why am I being punished or why do I have to go to hell? Because you designed me this way and you say that you're a God of love. And like, even at one point when I was younger, um, and that's why you see a lot of teen suicides too. It's because they can't handle what's expected of them from society, what mm-hmm. religion tells them to do, and they're trying to find their truth in themselves. Mm-hmm. And I was at that point where I actually, um, I was in LA actually, um, and we were on a, a youth tr- a youth retreat, and I had the biggest crush on one of my um, youth leaders. And then, like, while we're sitting there, the whole message of being gay got brought up, and it, like, took me to a dark place. So when I came home, I had made up in my mind that, hey, instead of suffering this bullcrap, I'm just going to end it. Mm-hmm. Girl, took me a couple Benadryls and Tylenols, thought I was going to be done, woke up the next day. I was like, well, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> that kind of worked out in my favor. But mm-hmm. now, um, you kind of have, like I said, you have to toughen yourself up and build a wall to be able to defend yourself. So mm-hmm. in a way, it does make it, it does make you stronger, but at the same time, it does create some insecurities because it's now how do you deal with people who have this type of mentality? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will either just avoid it or just, you know, not confront it at all. Me, I'm going to tackle it head on and I'm going to be like, yo, so you say this, this is what I say. And you know, if like I said, Bible is written by men, it's biased. And even then, you don't even have all the books of the Bible. So how are you going to sit there and say that this is the complete works of God? Yeah. Mm. So there's that. But um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with my train of thought. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> it, it happens sometimes. It, it happens all the time. It's, it's yeah, like, <laughs> real. Um. <laughs> So, yeah. so for you, BJ, um, how long did it take you to get comfortable with yourself? Like, because, you know, saying that it took you a minute to like at least get to where your, your mom was comfortable and getting to where other people around you knew better. Okay. How long did it take you to actually get yourself where you're just like, oh, it don't even matter what they think. I was my full self by the time I made it to college. Like, you can ask about it. I did not care. Like, if you didn't like the fact that I was gay, that's your prerogative. That's your problem. So be it. It's not mine. Um, I think I really started to fully come into my truth um, around the ninth grade because I realized that I was gay at 11. Mm -hmm. 
um, had my first boyfriend at 11, thought he was the love of my life until he did some crap, and then, you know, that went downhill. <laughs> um, throughout that time period between sixth and ninth grade is where I realized that um, you have to be true to yourself, and you have to live in your truth, regardless of what's going on. Like, all my friends around me at that time knew I was gay. I knew I was gay, but, you know, it was just one of those things where you had to walk a fine line um, to... Oop, lift. Um, you have to walk a fine line where it's, you're living your truth, but at the same time, it's not so brazenly offensive. Because remind you, Mississippi, yeah. say less. <laughs> say less. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to walk that fine line. By ninth grade, um, I had I was in the IB program, which is the International Baccalaureate uh, program. So basically, I was in collegiate level courses. So I knew I was smart. I knew who I was. And my friends around me were a positive group. So um, they knew who I was and what I like. They knew who I was as a person mm -hmm. first. And secondly, the gayness came in. Like my sexuality is not who I am. Right. And that's what I have to tell. Like, that's what I told them at that time. It's like who, who I like and who I love has nothing to do with me as a person. If you can't get past that, then, you know, it is what it is. We just can't be friends. We can't kick it my right. life will go on. Exactly. Um, when I came out to my mom, um, it took us a while. Um, I don't think that we really like started getting to where we were currently until I was in the military. And um, I had to call her um, because I was a victim of a sexual assault case. Um, and that, it devastated me. And it, it devastated me to the point where I actually just opened up completely to my mom and like you can like no mom or no parent wants to see their child hurt and mm -hmm. the level of hurt that I was at like I really didn't want to be at the military anymore in that point in time like I just mm -hmm. wanted to crawl away into a hole and just disappear because I felt like I did something wrong and like like my mind kept wondering what did I do to lead them on to this fact to think that it was okay for this situation to happen mm -hmm. um and even to this day, it's kind of impacted my relationships because I, from that, I have trust issues. Like, you can't sneak up behind me on my back without me, like, really ready to fight you. Like, and I told that to one of my coworkers for, please do not sneak up behind me because I'm, I will hit you. Um, mm -hmm. And she did it and I punched her in her chest. Mm -hmm. Like, I gave her the warning. Um, like, there's just certain things like that. Is Like, traumatic life events is what actually brought my mom and I closer. Um, in, regards to, in regards to me being gay um, because she didn't know how to handle it with me being hurt but at the same time she was there as a like baby I'm here for you if you need anything let me know mm -hmm. um, and on the flip side it was more so of she didn't know how to handle it with her child being sexually assaulted by a male married male on top of that mm -hmm. yes uh. um, so um it brought us closer and we started actually more so talking about my life on that aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and it just made, like, I act, I'm grateful. Do I, I appreciate that that fact in the event in my life happened because it made me, despite I'm still somewhat psychologically scarred from it, it made me a better person and it brought me and my mom closer together. So out mm -hmm. of tragedy came something good. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But yeah. to answer that question, it, up until that point, I think I was 21 <laughs> when <laughs> me and my mom actually made it to that point. And what, ninth grade is what, 14, 15? Yeah, that's about yeah. seven so, years right there. Yeah, so about seven years, the gap between me coming into my truth at my own pace and yeah. living my life as I wanted to, and then another seven for me and my mom to get to where we're at. Yeah, it, that's interesting because I'm starting to think about like, the people who we went to like school with at Mississippi mm -hmm. State, how a lot of them are found, foundly like coming out, coming out, come, yeah, yeah. coming out and being oh, yeah. girl. And, and and I'm just like I'm I'm so happy for them. Yeah, I'm happy like, too. But it's like, like I'm so happy for them. It's like but like I and I kind of get why you kind of didn't want to share that part, but it's like 
we kind of we just glad that you're here where to be yourself right we just want you to be yourself baby like that's all we ever wanted because i mean i mean a lot of them people from mississippi state you knew but it was one of those things like once again, deep south, baby, we know we just won't just don't ask, don't tell. Yes. Damn. Yeah, that is literally what it is. <laughs> Basically what it was. But um mm-hmm. it's a lot of them that people knew they just wouldn't say. A prime example was one of um our No, no, we don't say names, we don't say names. Our illustrious one no, of don't do people. that. Don't do I'm that. I'm not saying names. Okay, okay. But you know who I'm talking about. I know who you're talking about, <laughs> but don't do that. Don't Baby, do that, child. I was mad when he said that he was straight. <laughs> and I looked at him was like, really? But you're trying to come to my dorm room at night and talk about yeah. you straight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, it was more than one of them, though. There was more than it one was, of them. It so was more than one, but that name one. And yeah, some people who ain't out, so. I mean, but to that extent, the whole DL thing, I could kind of understand, but at the same yeah. time, I don't because I strongly advocate for living in your truth. Yeah. Um, I understand it um, on the aspect of cultural. Mm-hmm. Um, some people ethnic, are really. Right. Ethnic backgrounds have a lot to do with it and then regional um, identities. Um, mm-hmm. If you grew up in a more, and even then, you still have those people in more liberal, open-minded areas where you still have cases of DL men, but it's not as prevalent. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to the communities that you are born into in that environment, especially if you're within the Black and Latino community. Um, mm-hmm. Within the Black community, you if you're a Black male, and I think that's where the most of it comes down to, is you have to be hyper-masculine. You have to portray this sense of strength even though mm-hmm. it may not be there and you have to you basically have to follow your christian tenets and if you don't then you're ostracized and people mm-hmm. look down on you and they they're gonna you're you're, you're pretty much as communicated from your family and nobody wants to be without family so mm-hmm. that fear of losing everything that you grew up with and that you knew is so strong mm-hmm. that it will force you to not live your truth. And even to some extent, it creates internalized homophobia. Yeah, because yeah. you do, because a lot of these men, and that's where you get a lot of the DL men that are married is because they feel like, once again, you have to fit that societal norm that if you don't, you lose everything, you become ostracized, you you don't have a sense of self. And that's mm-hmm. what it basically comes down to. You, your sense of self is lost. That they marry these women, knowing full well that they're attracted to men, but you also have those that are bisexual, which mm-hmm. that's a whole different ball game. Like, and and I don't mind bisexual men. I honestly love them because, especially the ones that are out and they live in their truth, because mm-hmm. they're able to say, "Hey, yeah, I like male and females, and so what? I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do." Yeah. But when it comes to the dating aspect of it, then I start asking, "Okay, so I get it. You're bisexual. No problem. Live your life. Live your truth. I just need to know if when we're together." Is it going to be one of those situations where you're only with me or are you going to want to step out of the relationship at some point in time to get the poom poom? Because I'm, a, I'm highly allergic to it. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dang, I'm I, highly allergic. <laughs> I need to That's know. That's where you came from. You came from one. Baby, no, I wasn't. I was a cesarean. Thank you. <laughs> but st- she still had to get fucked in her vagina. <laughs> this is very true, but that doesn't yeah. mean I came out of it. They <laughs> have started in there, but I okay. didn't escape. All from right. There. I mean, I also had a C. I was a C-section baby too, but I got it. facts is facts. Science is science. I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, so um, it turns into one of those. Like, and I don't. I like those conversations because it lets me see whether or not my partner's going to be honest with me in regards to where they're at mentally. Um, or even just in life in general. So if you can't answer those questions for me, like, hey, yes, I'm bisexual. Yes, I like male and women. And then you got some bisexual dudes that's more attracted to males. Great. Mm-hmm. You got some that are more attracted to females. So mm-hmm. be it. And I just need to know when we're dating, what the hell is going to happen? Because if right. you want, and, and, and I've done it before and it didn't make, it made me somewhat uncomfortable because it's like, damn, that's something that I can't provide to him that I, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep him happy. But at the same time, I want him to live his truth and I want him to be happy. Um, where it was like, I get it that, you know, from 
you might have a spurt where you say, hey, let me go get some porn. Great. Mm. Just when you come back, know that you're not, don't, one, don't tell me about it. Mm. The whole experience. Just let me know that you're going out to hang out with your friend. Your sister friend girl. I don't care. <laughs> oh. when, you, when you come back, don't be expecting anything from me at all. Like, you might not get anything for a week. That, that, oh, my petty, wow. Yeah, my, my petty card will fly. <laughs> <laughs> you got to live your truth. That's the you thing. do. <laughs> I mean, and I let them know from up front. And I think that's where relationship-wise, regardless, is that, mm-hmm. those, that those conversations have to be had. And I think yeah. it, whether it be a romantic re- a relationship or a platonic, those conversations have to be had. And I think that's the only way that you can really pretty much bring down this level of mm. un- understanding, like ignorance towards what it is to be part of the LGBT community is that right. you have to have those conversations, um, whether it be with your child, with your best friend, with whomever mm. you're interacting with, just so long as this, just so long as the conversation that you're having is done from a point of, I want to learn and a point of understanding and trying to understand as opposed mm-hmm. to, one where you're attacking that person because if you start attacking them, they're going to shut down. They're going to close yeah. you out and say, "Hey, I no." This right. Isn't. So exactly, exactly. What would you? Uh, what advice would you give to somebody who, like, young adult, young kid who wants to come out but is like scared to? You know what? <laughs> Honestly, I feel like these kids today are fearless <laughs> to okay. a certain extent because half the stuff I've seen on these planes, half the stuff that I see just out in general, mm-hmm. they they are pretty much fearless, but and I don't know, I feel like I kind of feel like now being part of the LGBT community is kind of a novelty because mm-hmm. of how it's being done and presented, like so many coming out stories and, and not to take from anybody's truth or how they want to come out but I feel like it's more so done now mm-hmm. to garner some type of, you know, attention as opposed to actually just saying, Hey, this is my truth. This is who I am. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see the need to actually say on Facebook or make a, a Facebook live, Instagram live or whatever type of live video streaming that you're going to do to come out to do that. Because, you know, you don't know these people across the world. Like, mm-hmm. that information should only be disclosed to those people that you are actually close to that you know. Right. Um, so, in that aspect, for those fearless ones, kudos, congratulations to you. Um, but for those that still live within those communities where you mm-hmm. feel like um, you can't be your authentic self, that's mm-hmm. a lie. Um you can live your authentic truth no matter where you're at. Um, You just have to be honest with yourself. No, you will never be happy with yourself. And that's what I realized, like, growing up. It's like my most unhappiest moments were when I wasn't being true to myself. As long as you're true to yourself, your happiness will follow. If your parents disown you, like, within a gay gay community, you have gay families, and they will take you in. Even when I was growing Mm -hmm. up, I joined a gay family because... It was an outlet to be yourself, like to be around people who will nurture you, who will Mm -hmm. help you navigate the world as it is being either a person of color and gay or just being just gay in general. Hell, Mm -hmm. they'll help you navigate through it. Um, And that was one of the moments that me and my mom actually, um, where we kind of had a breakthrough is because when I was uh, with my gay family, I introduced her to my gay mom and she was like, who is this person? And I explained to her, she was like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't think it fully clicked that it was an outlet to help me grow and be me. And in so mm-hmm. many ways, it did. Um, mm-hmm. But you still have outlets. And even if you don't join a gay family, you can go to, if depending on what city you're in, you have youth gay centers where you can go to, and they're outlets for you no matter where you go. You just have to be willing to take that stand and say, hey, I want to live in my truth. Like, mm-hmm. and consequences be damn. Like, this is yeah. who I am. Like, I'm not gonna stoop and be somebody that I'm not. And I refuse mm-hmm. to. And even to this day, I refuse to be someone that I'm not. Right. So just living, like I said, this whole show, living your truth. <laughs> <laughs> you got some? 
I'm trying to make sure I'm not missing nothing. <laughs> like, you know, we have the list of questions that we always go through. And then uh-huh. most of the time it get answered already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so like, like, like which one of these has not been answered yet? Which one needs? Um, uh, <laughs> let's see. I don't think I answered number um the the most impactful relationship in my life actually. Um, ooh, God, what is the most impactful? Um, honestly, it says would, some, so you can name more than. Yeah, three. I know. I'm trying to think. There's so many. <laughs> um. I know when I was stationed in California, um, and this was one of those relationships where I actually learned, um, it is not like, so, you know, grinder, tender, all that good stuff, the, the land of social interaction via the internet. Um, <laughs> this was actually one of those old school type of relationships that I developed where a friendship slowly progressed into a little bit more. Um, and it was impactful to me because for the longest, like, that's how I met people. It's like Adam for Adam, Grinder, Tinder, whatever the hell I was on. Hey, go. And those relationships are more so about sex more mm-hmm. than so trying to grow into something. And it kind of caught me off guard when it happened because I was like, wait, this is new. Like, one day we're riding in the car. I turn around. He kissed me. I kissed him back. I was like, wait, but we're just friends. I'm confused what the hell is happening. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, we're discussing like, hey, let's potentially be a couple. And then he fucked that up. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, it'd be like and, that sometimes. But, but it was a learning lesson for me. Like, And now that's why it's like, yes, I have Grindr. Yes, I'm on it. But it's not so much more for me to even if I want to hook up I really barely use it for that like it's more for me to actually look at the people and laugh at them because some of the stuff that you see on there is just tomfoolery to his best and I'm just like nah bro um (laughs) but that relationship actually helped me realize that I can develop relationships naturally and not have to use the internet or any other source for it Mm -hmm. um and I'm grateful to him despite the fact that you know it ended the way that it did. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still to this day, like, that is one of the very few relationships that, like, it just sticks with me. And from time to time, I try to Facebook stalk him, but, you know, there's <laughs> that. Because <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. see if, if he's happy. Like, I'm happy, so, I, I feel you. you know, feel just you. to see where his progress was. I know, um, I know, no, I feel you. We'll talk <laughs> later. I ain't gonna put but, myself. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I ain't gonna do that. I, I don't really be doing that that much, but. I'm done. Um, it, but it does, but another relationship was actually more of a professional one, um, mm-hmm. was my supervisor for when I was stationed in Cali. Um, he was a gay white male. And you know, I didn't, right, it caught me off guard. Girl, I did not know he was gay until he said, we on the same team. And like, when he said that, like, my mom was like, of course, we're both Marines. And then it clicked. <laughs> <laughs> and, then it clicked. and I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, eyebrows, well. eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and he was a very attractive man. And I was just like, help me, Jesus. But um, he helped me. Like, at that time, I didn't realize, like, some of my mannerisms were on the more flamboyant side. So he actually mm-hmm. helped me to realize that, hey, in certain situations, you need to tone it down. Like, mm-hmm. this, that, and the third. But still be you. Just tone it down a little bit. Right. And I was like, very well. So he gave me more of a professional understanding of like, you can still be your, hey, you could get these hands snap, snap in a circle, but keep it professional. Right. And from that point on, it's like, he was kind of more of a mentor. Like, yeah, he was, let me rephrase that. He was a sexy mentor because, babe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the, the thoughts I had for that man were not very workplace suitable. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. It'd be like that sometimes. But yeah, so he helped me grow um, in that aspect. Um, I also had one of my, and I still talk to her to say I love her to death. Um, My master sergeant um, from when I first got to California, she groomed me like from beginning to the, from the point that I set foot inside that shop to the Mm -hmm. moment that she left, she groomed me to the point that even when I was deployed, I snapped on the NCO, which at that time was like somebody that's higher ranked than me. Um, I snapped on them and told them that they didn't know their job. And she backed me up and was just like, you don't. Like, he's running this whole lot. And a matter of fact, 
you're going to work under him. And I was like, oh. And mm. that's really embarrassing for an NCO to have to work under their junior Marine. Like, mm. that that's yeah. the ultimate sign of you don't know anything. So, and it's just little things like that that helps me appreciate it. And mm-hmm. even when life happened, um, and even with one of my other sergeants, well, she was a corporal at the time, a uh, mm-hmm. corporal that got promoted to sergeants, like, when that whole life situation where I was sexually assaulted happened, she was, like, she was my rock in that shop. Like, from beginning to end, she walked me through the process. She was making sure that I was getting the counseling that I needed. Like, mm-hmm. when they say that your military literally becomes your family, it became my family. And I appreciate those relationships that I developed because they helped me grow professionally and then mm-hmm. as an individual in itself. So, mm-hmm. yeah, without dropping names. <laughs> hey, really, really good, really good. <laughs> but yeah, oh, and for the advice for our parental units out there, or just adults in general, yeah, because <laughs> or those that think they're adults, because <laughs> half of us are still children. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> like y- y'all oh. gotta call us out. Yeah, <laughs> at, at, at me next time. <laughs> at so and so, but um, when you're dealing with your well, just youth in general, or um, especially those that are part of the LGBT community, you have to keep an open mind because you have to remember, even when you were growing up, you had a moment of discovery of finding out who you were as a person. It's mm-hmm. no different. They are still the same children, whether they be trans or not, they are Mm -hmm. still the same. The way that they just view the world is slightly different from yours. So you just Mm -hmm. have to keep an open mind and be willing to, um, to accept them as they are. And if you can't do that, then, you know, words can't be said for that. So (laughs) I I mean, I I understand once again because my I had to deal with it with my mom. Um, but at the same time, it took us a while. Like growth happens slowly. So as long mm-hmm. as you're willing to grow and you don't keep that closed mindedness, then there's honestly there shouldn't be anything that you want to do for your child or mm-hmm. anybody in your family. And I honestly feel like it's a sad day when parents and family members disown children or anyone mm-hmm. within their family just because they don't love the same way that you do. So right. it's, it's, it's honestly a tragedy. So it really is. just, just be open-minded. Just like you live in your truth, let them live in theirs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's, you do your child a disjustice if you don't love them for who they are. You brought them into the, this world. That so part. like, then they're going to be who they are. You got to let them grow into who they're going to become. Ooh. And it, that might not be who you wanted them to be, but that don't have nothing to do with yes, you. Yes. You just need to love them. And love them and nurture them and make sure that they're make Safe. sure that they're not doing wrong. Like yeah, like I mean wrong, like robbing going up shooting up schools and robbing places like they ain't got no common sense. Yeah, exactly. I wish I could have saw all of our Patriots Christians after he said that. Like I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> it's <sad. We> know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it should never get to that point. But exactly, I feel like on the list of things that your kid could be gay is not yes. a bad part. That, no worries. I would be more concerned whether or not my child is like if a they psychopath or a sociopath. Right, I'd be I more kill, worried. I want to kill Fluffy. Why, baby? Exactly. Exactly. One. You start messing with cats, <laughs> right? Start killing cats. It's a, mm, it's a no go. We Girl, take you to the psychiatrist immediately. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's get you some pills and a restraining belt because um, that might make it worse though the restraining belt might make it worse I don't know if you send up there trying make to the cut Cujo well, I don't worse. know oh, Cujo and the kid have a, a battle because Cujo ain't no hoe <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly I got Cujo if it's a kid versus Cujo but if it's like you know a kid versus a random cat on the street then I, I, I guess I give it to the I kid. Give it to, no, I give it to the cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, the, the kid gonna get scratched up. Don't. That's you know what communicable diseases random cats have on the street? Really? You, you know they got cat HIV, right? Yeah, I, HIV. that was so weird. I didn't know that. Yes, like until recently, like I'm, my I, my rescue cat, they were like, "Yeah, there's such thing as cat AIDS, so you may want to keep them from outside." I was like, "Oh." oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for that tidbit. <laughs> right. Oh. Yeah, but BJ, thank you so much for being yes, on here with us. Thank no, you. thank you guys. <laughs> like, I, I, I think there's a lot of good uh, information in here, and mm-hmm. I, I do think it's important that people know, you know, how important it is to live in your truth. How important mm-hmm. it is to be yourself and not try to hide yourself or not be your total self. Yep, I, that I think I that's, that, that becomes way too important. Exactly, because it it's only going to bring more turmoil inside yourself it to does. make other it, people happy. It, if you're not happy with your, like, and you know what, I, I like RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Mm. Preach on it. Preach yes. on it. <laughs> so, love yourselves. <laughs> yeah. Let me go through. So, thank y'all once again for listening to us. Uh, please remember that we do want to hear from you. Please send any letters with questions, comments, feedback, topics for us to discuss. And if you would like to join us for a discussion, please reach out to us at crazyinlovepod at gmail.com. Once again, it's crazyinlovepod at gmail.com. Please rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. Uh, Also, share us. Um, Yes, share, share, (laughs) share. Sharing is caring. Yes. Um, And if you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if you have any questions, like please reach out to me and Amanda. It's mm-hmm. easy to find us. We're not that hard. We really are. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, thank y'all for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Thank y'all. Yes, thank Bye, guys. You. Happy Pride. <laughs>